Welcome back to the Almost Shameless Podcast. I am your host, Tanya Ray Fox. Thank you for joining me. It is week three of the NFL season. And normally we're talking games. We're talking getting ready for the New Orleans Saints at home for the Patriots. We're talking about what happened with Ravens Chiefs. We're talking about what happened with Green Bay. I'm bragging about how I was right about all the teams and quarterbacks I talked about last week. But this week, and right now in the middle of the week, the story that has Patriots Twitter abuzz, the story that is sort of circulating around the NFL circles right now is another statement from Tom Brady Sr. about how Tom Brady's time uh, at the end of his tenure with the Patriots went why he left and how it's worked out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you want to say that this is sort of just silliness and pettiness. And, and it's one of those things where it's not really a story unless we make it one. Right. But the problem is that what Tom Brady senior keeps doing is perpetuating this idea on behalf of his son, that Brady was wronged by Belichick and the Patriots organization. And thus, everything that's happened since is vindication, his words. We're going to get into that. Um, We're going to get into the journalistic value of talking to star quarterbacks' parents. We'll get into the whole story. We'll get into some of the flaws in the whole conversation in general, because It's gone a little far at this point. And I know that other people are frustrated. I know that fans are frustrated with this conversation and the tenor of it. So I want to dive into it with you. And it's going to be a pretty deep dive. So it's going to dominate most of the conversation today. At the end of the show, I do have a fun suggestion for how I think we can trick the NFL into allowing more fun celebrations and avoiding the taunting penalty. I'm not sure how it could possibly work, but I have this sort of conspiracy theory brewing in my head to try to maybe push the NFL refs and the NFL in a different direction. So I'm going to propose it to you guys and we'll see what you think. But first, let's get to it. Let's not beat around the bush. Let's get to the main story of the day. Hot stuff coming up. On Tuesday, Tom Brady Sr. spoke with Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston about the upcoming Patriots-Bucks game at Gillette and sort of just his thoughts about how it's going to go and what it's going to be like returning and just in general how, you know, what he's thinking about the game. The exact question from Tom was, as he prepares to come back, what is your feeling? Pretty open-ended. He kind of uh, riffed about him not, you know, him and Belichick being on decent terms or whatever and insinuated that Belichick pushed him out the door, but that he was happy to go. And he's obviously happy in uh, Tampa Bay. So everything worked out. Belichick got his way and Brady got his whatever. Right. I mean, fine. And then Tom asked the obvious leading question, which was, do you think Tom feels vindicated? To which Tom Brady Sr. replied many, many times, damn right, and said he felt Belichick had pushed Brady out the door, and yes, he feels vindicated. So my question back to Tom Brady Sr., a open-ended, 
question to someone who will never respond is vindicated from what? I am so confused how we have gotten to this point. And it's a perfect example of being such a prisoner of the moment that we have, we will ignore 20 years just to perpetuate drama between two parties where only one's story is really being told. So vindicated from what? A decade straight of being in the AFC championship game, nine Super Bowl appearances, six rings, vindicated? Tom Brady was surrounded constantly by a team who helped him get to Super Bowls and AFC championship games. Excellent special teams, all-time kickers, excellent defenses, one of the greatest head coaches of all time, 20 seasons with the same team, undying loyalty from fans who never questioned, never wavered through cheating accusations, suspensions, all of it. He's about to turn 43 years old, wants an extension, wants more say in how the offense is run, has passive aggressively said publicly uh, that he's not always happy with the way he's treated by Belichick. So Belichick's just supposed to suck it up all of the time. Okay, fine. Let's just say that's petty between the two of them. I don't know. And I don't care. Okay. I'm trying to figure out where Tom feels like he should be vindicated. Now, if he feels vindicated from the doubters who said he wasn't shit without Belichick. Okay, fine. Fine. But that wasn't Belichick saying that. Belichick was the one he was saying he wasn't shit without him. That was the media. If you feel vindicated to the media, all well and good. If you feel vindicated to other NFL fans who were saying that for years, all good. But that wasn't Patriots fans saying that. And certainly wasn't the Patriots organization and Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick saying that. Those were the people you were winning with over and over and over again. Those were the people you went to four out of the last five Super Bowls before you left with. Those, that... <laughs> You're not Dan Marino. You're not Jim Kelly. You're not a guy whose team and coach never helped him get over the hump. Last couple of years, you didn't like what you had for offensive players. You, whatever else, fine. Talk to every other quarterback in the league. Talk to Russell Wilson. Talk to Aaron Rodgers. Talk to Ben Roethlisberger. Talk to Peyton Manning. They all had gripes. They all have them. Every star quarterback has them. You actually want me to buy into a narrative that Tom Brady had to be vindicated from his time with the Patriots as if he'd been playing with the Lions? Calvin Johnson should want to be vindicated. Matt Stafford should want to be vindicated. Not a guy that came away from that team with six titles, more AFC championships than I can count off of the top of my head. 20 years of constant success. And Tom Brady leaves, goes to a team that's completely stacked. There's all pro players across the board on that team, offense and defense, a great offensive line, a coach that'll let him, you know, do what he wants to do. It's, it's insane. It's insane how well he's been playing. One would hope he'd be playing that well, considering his entire team on all sides of the ball is stacked with all pro talent that isn't getting paid because of the way the team was already constituted when he got there, but whatever, he's still insane. We've watched it. Nine touchdowns through the first two games at the age of 44. The guy is just a cyborg from a different universe. Got it. We, I mean, Patriots fans already knew that. I don't know who still needed to be convinced after the guy had played in his ninth Super Bowl, but 
okay, if it, if the 10th was the way that you got over your hump, well, now you congrats, you've helped vindicate Tom Brady. But this whole thing is really weird. First of all, it is not exactly the peak of journalism to talk to someone's dad about how things went down in one of the most notorious sports breakups of all time, if not the most notorious sports breakup of all time. Like this isn't your big fucking source. It's no shade to Tom, like take the interview. You obviously take, do the interview, but it's on us to understand that this is someone's parents. You ask my mom, who one of the best NFL analysts and commentators out there is, and she's going to tell you that I am. That's obviously not true. Think I'm okay. But like, that's what parents do. And they're going to get the, their side of the story. And I'm not saying that Tom Sr. doesn't know things that we don't know. And I'm not saying that he isn't seeing things um, from a reasonable place for a parent. This is how parents are supposed to act. If they, you know, he's got, he's got his kid. They're like a tight family. He's got his legacy to uphold and he's doing that. And that is fine. I just don't understand why it always constantly has to come at the expense of a coach that alongside Tom Brady made incredible NFL history over 20 years. Why does this have to happen this way? Because Belichick was uncomfortable handing over his offense and some personnel decisions to a quarterback who was about to turn 43 years old. It's all well and good to look at this in hindsight and say Belichick screwed up. But he wasn't going to be able to put together the roster that the Bucs have. When you've been to four of the last five Super Bowls, you have to enter a soft reset there. You know, you're doing a soft rebuild. There isn't, there is no just having these young stars ready to go, blossoming, ready to get on the cusp of their prime. The team had been to four of the last five Super Bowls. You can't just flip that in a year. You can't even necessarily flip that in two years. Brady had expressed frustration with the way his relationship with Belichick was going for a couple of years. He started selling off his property in Brookline. He made it clear he had demands. Belichick wasn't necessarily willing to meet them. Brady was more than happy to move on. He, I mean, he hightailed it out of New England. There was, this was not a tearful goodbye. He didn't get up at a podium and say, this isn't what I wanted. I wish I could still be with you guys. He got down to Tampa Bay and it was immediately like, this is the life. I'm going to go practice in parks without masks on and I'm going to do whatever the hell I want. I'm going to run the offense. I've never been happier. I got my guy Gronk with me. Everything is good. This is amazing. He embraced it. It took him 0.0 seconds. That is not a guy who was heartbroken that he wasn't kept around. Now, Patriots fans can be mad that Belichick didn't extend himself further to convince Brady to stick around but like how much for for at what at, at what point are we going to stop criticizing the one coach in the history of American professional sports to stay with a star as long as he did 20 years with one coach one quarterback together 20 years and we decide that's the guy who didn't nurture his quarterback relationship enough. He's the only one to ever do it. Just Belichick has one guy at the helm, goes to nine title games with one guy. And as soon as Brady leaves and succeeds somewhere else, all of a sudden Belichick's a moron. No one else has ever done it. So we don't even have anyone to compare him to. It's a one-of-one -one situation. And the bigger, more important part of all of this is that we're hearing from one side of this. And when you're only hearing from one party, usually that party 
is trying to make a point for some reason that we don't know. I don't know what Tom Brady or Tom Brady Sr.'s motivations are with this, but there is no buddy speaking on Belichick's behalf, somebody who has become his mouthpiece in this sort of one-sided back and forth. There is no Tom Brady Sr. on Belichick's side coming out to insinuate that Tom Brady had become a diva who wasn't willing to be a team player or that Tom Brady wanted too much money or anything of the sort. His mouth has stayed shut for most of the reporting that's come out has been influenced by Brady and Brady's camp because they're the ones talking. When you're only getting one side of the story, there's usually, that's usually a sign that there's more to it. And of course there's more to it. This is a divorce. Everybody, it's not a, it's not a unique metaphor, right? (laughs) Not the first person to call it that it's a divorce. And if two people had been successfully married for 20 years, had six beautiful, thriving children who went off into the world and succeeded in their respective relationships and careers, and they had created this beautiful family, this beautiful legacy, and they separated amicably. One of them moves on first, finds a new relationship, is happy, seems to have figured out how to have another fruitful, successful, romantic relationship. And on multiple occasions, goes to their shared friends and family and says, I'm so happy. My ex totally kicked me out. I had no choice but to move on, but I'm so happy that I did move on. And it was probably time, but it wasn't my fault. And they left me. So the fact that they are still alone and I'm in a relationship and happy is probably for the best. I feel vindicated. Everybody around you would be like, all right. Everyone around that person would be like, all right, we get it. They started to suck at the end. You lost the magic. It was no longer there. You've found it somewhere else. But I'm assuming it's not doing your family and that legacy you created together, that beautiful family you created together, any good by you doing this, especially when the other person's not saying shit, when they're just like, yeah, it went the way it went and I wish them all the best. It's just a bad look. It's not cool. And it makes it clear that they're trying to control the narrative. No 20-year relationship is decided on one side. There were plenty of signs that Tom Brady was getting itchy in New England, that he saw his ability to take on other roles that didn't fit into Belichick's system. And I don't blame Tom Brady for that, but I also don't blame Bill Belichick for that either. He's a coach. There are new challenges that coaches want, just like there are new challenges that players want. And handing over personnel and and coaching decisions to your star quarterback and things like that, that might work for some coaches. It works for Bruce Arians, but it wasn't going to work for Bill Belichick. And the Patriots and Robert Kraft had a decision to make. Do you keep the coach who can coach for another five, six, seven years? Or do you keep the quarterback who at any moment could start to decline really quickly and put your team in a position to no longer compete and hamstring you? That's obviously not what happened with Tom Brady, but you got to take a, you got to choose a side there. You keep the coach or the quarterback. Bet online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. 
With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. You know, I talked about this a little bit on Twitter, and I have people trying to tell me that Belichick didn't build around Tom Brady enough. And listen, at the end of the at the end of this Super Bowl era, at you know, in the back end of it here, 2018-2019, yeah, it was looking a little stale on offense. For sure. The weapons weren't there. He wasn't drafting well. But don't tell me that for the majority of the to- their time together that Belichick wasn't managing that roster well. He was consistently ranked in the top one to three among GMs in the league for most of the 2010s. Go back and look at it. Go look, go look at NFL Network, NFL.com rankings of GMs, anywhere you want to find them. Belichick was always at the top of the list. Elite cap manager. Rarely, if ever, gave out bad contracts to big stars on the market just because he had to. I got people on Twitter pointing out that, you know, he pissed off Tom Brady when he traded Logan Mangans. Well, number one, players get pissed off at their coaches and GMs for trading players all the time. Nothing new. Not unique to Tom Brady. Not unique to Bill Belichick. That is something that happens all the time. Number two, you're seriously going to bring up Logan Mankins as the, as the example for how Bill Belichick screwed over Tom Brady. Logan Mankins in 2010 was a restricted free agent because of CBA things. And he got pissed because they were going to pay him like the $3.1 million. And then it was going to be diminished down to one. It was a whole thing. And he said, point blank, I want to be traded. Talked a bunch of shit about how the Patriots weren't loyal. Held out. The Patriots asked for an inordinate number of first round draft picks or something in return. Logan Mankins wasn't getting traded. He was holding out. They met together. They figured it out. Even after he spoke out, said he wanted to be traded, talked shit about the Patriots and sat out. I think it was half the season. Belichick figured it out with them and signed him to a record-breaking extension for a guard. So then in 2014, Belichick decides to trade him for Tim Wright, the tight end, and a fourth-round draft pick. Everybody balked. Everybody lost their minds over it. Well, Mankins had two decent seasons in Tampa. He was fine. You look at his approximate value on pro football reference, and it dipped significantly in half and more from 2013 with the Patriots to 2014 and 15 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was fine. He was a good veteran presence on their line. He was pretty good. By the time the Patriots were entering the 2016 season and were about to go win their second Super Bowl in three years, Mulgan Mingus was retired. And Bill Belichick had flipped that fourth round draft pick for Trey Flowers. So I'm not sure what why anyone would ever bring up Logan Mankins as a way that Bill Belichick screwed over Tom Brady. He paid Logan Mankins a record-setting contract and then traded him two seasons before the guy retired. There's a reason that most NFL quarterbacks are not equipped to be GMs and personnel managers. And it doesn't mean that they can't be involved. There's also a reason that Tom Brady met with Bill Belichick weekly to go over the offense. Belichick trusted him. They gave each other input. They gave each other ideas. 
Belichick saw what happened in 2006 in the AFC championship game against the Colts with Brady having absolutely no one to throw to. The next offseason brought in Randy Moss, the most purely talented wide receiver in the history of the NFL. Wes Welker, who just happened to be one of the greatest slot receivers in the history of the NFL, Dante Stallworth, and they went undefeated in the regular season. And Tom Brady sent all set all kinds of passing records. Randy Moss had the greatest season of his career and one of the greatest wide receiver seasons in the history of the NFL. And, and the whole time they also still had a stacked defense. Those players also helped carry them through the next season after Tom Brady got hurt and Matt Castle was starting and they went still went 11 and five. Was Belichick always a perfect GM? No. Was he always a perfect talent evaluator? No, but he also regularly got his teams to AFC championships and Super Bowls over and over and over again because he never overcommitted. He never got too precious with players. Other players don't like that. Obviously they want coaches to get precious with players. They want to keep their favorites around. Fans love to see a big fancy signing. Well, you can look at the Steelers. The Steelers haven't won a goddamn thing. They haven't been in a Super Bowl since 2010. So congrats, you're great at drafting. Congrats to the Chargers, you're great at drafting. What has it done for you? Congrats to the Dallas Cowboys. All your guys are getting overpaid and you haven't won shit in 25 years. By the way, take a look at Andy Reid's most recent record with draft picks. He's not lighting it up either. He has a really good quarterback, a really good tight end, really good wide receiver, and he just rides that as far as they can go. Got Honey Badger there, great, awesome. He figures it out around the star players he already has. Everybody acts like there is some perfect ideal of a GM and a roster builder out there, and yet no one can point to me who was more successful. Essentially, what you're saying to me is that Belichick screwed Tom Brady over because they could have won more. To look me in the eye and tell me, in a league where no one has ever even come close to nine Super Bowl appearances in 18 seasons, that Belichick should have taken Tom Brady to more Super Bowls is flat out disturbed. It's disturbed you need to see, you need to seek counseling and not like regular counseling, like the kind where they prescribe you medication because that's fucking bonkers. Drew Brees and his coach are both going in the Hall of Fame. First ballot, one Super Bowl appearance, three, seven, and nine seasons in a row in the middle of Drew Brees' prime. Most people agree that Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback of his era, if not of all time, depending on who you talk to. One Super Bowl. He has played in one. Peyton Manning, two teams, two rings, the second of which he had almost nothing to do with in the grand scheme of things. And you think Belichick didn't do enough for Tom Brady. Whatever it is between the two of them that went down, that, you know, prevented Tom Brady from retiring as a Patriot the way we all wanted, I have a strong feeling that it was two maniacally competitive people who aren't necessarily always willing to bend from what they want. And they finally, after 20 years together, figured, hey, I got some stuff I want to do and it doesn't fully fit with the stuff you want to do. So I guess this isn't going to work. Believe me, Tom Brady had thought about the fact that if he left, he'd have an opportunity to do what Peyton Manning did, win a ring with a second team. Of course he thought about that. He had nothing else left to prove. Why not go prove that? Prove it to the world. 
but you'd never had to prove it to the Patriots. You never had to prove it to Patriots fans. And no, you're not vindicated from anything that happened with Belichick. Because anybody who remembers the last 20 years and who looks at the entire scope of the NFL and looks at the entire scope of American professional sports can recognize that it took two people to do what the Patriots did for 20 years. Two. It always was the two of them. I'm not saying that what Tom Brady is doing in with the Buccaneers and that winning that ring last year wasn't impressive, but the, there is a limit to how long that can go on with that roster. He did what he had to do. He surrounded him with himself with the talent he knew he could work with. He reinvigorated Gronk's career. I'll give him credit for that. He absolutely reinvigorated Gronk's career. Good for him. It's pretty clear Gronk wasn't super happy at the end of his time in New England. His body was beat up everything else. I know he has a complicated relationship with Belichick, probably a lot, honestly, more complicated than Tom Brady's for sure. So fine. You went to a stacked team, the stacked offense, the stacked defense, and you went to a Super Bowl and you beat Patrick Mahomes. It's really impressive. Do it for another 20 years. And then we can compare the situations until then. I'm tired of this. And until you can show me another coach and, and a star player who worked together for that long, that successfully, you can shut the fuck up. Shall we? Okay, before we go, here's my idea for maybe how we can mind meld the NFL refs into backing off the really ridiculous taunting penalties for excessive celebration. All of the stuff that's just been like, I mean, everybody's really annoyed with it. It's It takes the fun out of things. I don't see it as an sportsmanship really is not an issue in the NFL. Like for the most part, people know how to act. These are grown men getting paid a lot of money. Give the fans some credit, give the players and the coaches and the refs some credit that they can recognize the difference between real taunting and someone celebrating scoring in a league where it's very difficult. Give us all a little more credit NFL. So here's the deal here. Here's what I want to see. And I think that this plan is going to have to involve like the Jaguars or the Jets, a couple, a team that's really bad. Okay. A team that in the next two, three, four weeks, we're going to know for sure has no chance at making the playoffs. They know that they don't have any chance at making the playoffs. And what they need to do is they need to make a pact with the team that they're playing that at the end of the game, if they're losing and the other team is winning, the losing team will celebrate excessively with the winning team. Now, I know it's going to make it look like they threw the game, but we already know that the Jaguars and the Jets don't need to throw a game to lose it in embarrassing fashion. So if we could just live in this fantasy world for a moment and the Jets or the Jaguars are losing line by like, you know, three, four scores, it's the end of the fourth quarter. You know, the game is totally out of hand. There's nothing can be done. If a few Jaguars players sort of got in impromptu on the other team's excessive celebration, then what do the refs do then? If the team itself is joining in on the fun in a show of solidarity, which they would make clear, they would make it clear that it was a show of solidarity to aid the fans and the league, not to, not to make a mockery of the sport, but to try to help it move forward, I'm just saying, what are you going to do? You're going to flag both teams for excessive celebration? Then it cancels out. And maybe, just maybe, in this insane version of the world that would never happen, the NFL would say, hey, this is actually pretty stupid. Yes, 
my idea is stupid. It's totally insane. It would never happen, but it's still not as stupid as penalizing players who celebrate touchdowns and big plays in a sport where they get constantly tackled and thrown to the ground and pushed around and shoved around and shit talked on the field. I'm just saying the NFL is very familiar with collusion. The owners are very familiar with collusion. So why not give players a chance to get in on that fun? All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you listening. I'm really, I really am interested to hear what you think about the Brady Belichick conversation. I know we're going to be having it now until probably the end of time at this point. I don't think it's ever going away. I'd hoped that maybe it would go away at some point, but I think we're past that. I think until, you know, even if let's say the Patriots won the Super Bowl this year, I think the conversation would only get weirder and not get any better. So we're in it for the long haul. Just stick, you know, let's just do it together. Let me know what you think. Once again, you can always DM me or reply to me at Tanya Ray Fox on Twitter and on Instagram. The podcast feed is at Shameless TRF on Twitter and on Instagram. Next week, I'm going to be doing a mailbag early in the week. So I'm going to be recording the mailbag on Monday, and then that will drop on Tuesday. So drop me your questions, anything Patriots and Bucks related, anything Patriots long season related, anything NFL. And as I did last time, I will extend the mailbag to other stuff. Anything you want to know, pop culture, anything about me, life questions, music, movies, whatever's on your mind that you feel like hearing someone talk about. Um, I love to just get, I love to get into whatever. So obviously I'm sure it'll be an NFL heavy show still, but we want to make it light. We want to make it breezy heading into Patriots bucks. There's going to be a lot of people breaking down that game beforehand. And I'm going to leave that to the people with a little bit less emotional involvement than myself. We're going to mailbag it next week and have a little fun. So if you have questions that you want to submit, you can DM me on Twitter, you can DM me on Instagram, or you can email almostshamelesspod at gmail.com. And I will get to as many questions as I can, if not all of them, as long as I can fit it within 30 to 40 minutes, your question will make it in. I appreciate you guys once again, joining me. Thank you. Uh, looking forward to breaking it all down this Sunday on Twitter. So join me over there for Patriot Saints and all the other games on Sunday. Have an awesome rest of your week. Get me those emails and those messages for the mailbag. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.